The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The Chief Medical Officer has penned an open letter to urge older people to spend more time with their grandchildren and return to doing the things they love now that we are, quote, thankfully in a much better place post-pandemic. I'm joined in studio now by Terry Prone, a chairman of the Communications Clinic and columnist with the Irish Examiner and on the line by Dr Mally Coyne, clinical psychologist. Good morning and welcome to you both. So, Terry, what do you think of the CMO's timely intervention. I think it's timely is a great word for it because I think it's an acknowledgement of a factor that wasn't taken into account very much during the pandemic, which is that if you completely change the behaviour pattern of older people, the new habit tends to stick. And so older people... What about old dogs and new tricks? (laughs) Not not easy to teach, uh, as I'm sure you as a dog owner could uh, attest. The fact is that older people during the pandemic and after the pandemic learned uh, a simple lesson, which was, do you know something? If you don't hang around with other germ-laden human beings, you don't, it isn't just that you don't get COVID, you don't get colds, you don't get flu, you don't get RSV. And that's a very good lesson So people were remarking to each other, my goodness, I haven't had a cold this winter. I would say that many of your older listeners are going, that's absolutely right. And the problem with that is it's it's a two-edged sword that on the one hand you're realising, hey, I can keep really well and avoid all these nasties. And on the other hand, and this is an invisible shadow that you're not aware of, you're becoming more fragile, more isolated, possibly even more depressed. And that's why the CMO's open letter is timely. The fact that it was an open letter and the manner of its expression are a radical change in the CMO's communication. Because I've been watching as a communications analyst what she's been doing. And up to now, Pat, she has been very much systems woman. It's all been procedures and protocols and that sort Mm. of thing. This was a radical shift towards talking to real people in a human way and talking about years being stolen from older people. That's a shift and it's a good shift. I remember uh, interviewing a geriatrician years and years ago and uh, the the geriatrician was talking about uh, people being discovered in their homes and they were, uh, you know, in a bad state and people had put it down to old age. Turned out it was put down to lack of proper nutrition. They weren't going out to the shops. They weren't getting exercise because they weren't going out to the shops. And so it was self-neglect that was leading to bad health rather than anything fundamental. And you could reverse all of that by simply getting people to do the right thing. And people tend to, and medics tend to, assume old age is an explanation when it isn't. I remember 30 years ago, because I'm probably the first person in Ireland to have got uh, dental implants, and talking to the professor who did it at the time, and he said, false teeth create old age. False teeth limit the sort of things that you can eat, that's bad for your body, it's bad for your fitness. And he said you can accelerate death 
by inserting false teeth. There's a whole load of factors that need to be taken into account and the CMO has identified one of them, which is isolation and not doing the things that you like, whether it is grandchildren. And let's not stereotype old people as always aching to see their grandchildren. Some grandchildren nobody would want to see. Um, (laughs) And uh, some people need to look at part-time work at doing stuff outside of their home so that they're no longer passive recipients of other people's Mm. goodwill. It's not just older people who got kind of settled in their ways, you know, people who would make an effort to to go out and uh, go to the pub or whatever it was. Instead, they went to the off-licence or the local supermarket, bought a bottle of wine or a a six-pack or whatever and... And we know that that is creating a problem that's 20 to 30 years long ahead of us. That's not a minor thing, it's a major thing. So if the CMO concentrates on the business of socialising and getting back to normal or creating a new normal for yourself, that'll be a very interesting position for her to take. Uh, Dr Malicoyne, what did you make of the CMO's open letter? Yeah, I, I agree with Terry that I think it's a it's a really good move. I think it's a good acknowledgement of the situation that's there at the moment. I think older people were one of the wor- one of the worst hit groups by COVID. I mean, when you think back to the first lockdown, they were asked not to even leave their homes. Um, so, but at the same time, I kind of feel like from from knowing and you know relating with older people that our brains are threat focused so if you you know if you live in a threatening environment for that long and you're older and you might have pre-existing health conditions and very real reasons why you're afraid to catch covid then for them you don't just flick a switch and and think oh you know now that i've you know now it's all okay i can go back out again whereas for younger people it's easier to go back out they're you know engaged in employment they want to be out and about I think it's much harder for older people. So whilst I really welcome this this letter, I think, you know, what needs to follow is how that's going to, how are the government going to help older people? And also that younger, it's up to us as younger people as well to engage with older people and try to figure out how to kind of slowly dip their toe back into socialization. Because if somebody is afraid of jumping into a pool, or water, you're not just going to push them in. And I think it's very hard for our threat-focused brains to go straight back to being out and about again. And I th- that, so that's kind of, I just think I'd love there to have been an acknowledgement in that letter of how hard, you know, what we asked older people to do and that just reversing that like a flick of a switch is not going to be that easy for the brain to catch up with. Yeah. Uh, when you look back on some of those uh, restrictions and cocooning and all of that, it it uh, it brings us back to the terrifying days of the early pandemic when we saw literally they ran out of space in the morgues in northern Italy. Uh, they ran out of space in ICUs. Uh, people were dying. And the mystery of that virus at the time was, well, how is it spread? And then very early on, Luke O'Neill uh, talked to us about a choir in the United States where everyone came down with COVID and the idea that maybe when they were moving the chairs, when they put their hands on the back of the chairs to move them, they picked up the infection there and then they rubbed their nose. And 
but no, it was because they were all singing <laughs> and they were actually expelling the virus uh, from their lungs. And when we began to get those kind of scientific insights, um, we changed our rules, but maybe too slowly. The issue of rule change relates also to the way media covered it. Because if you are what are called shut-ins, if you're shut in because you are cocooning, then you've got mainstream media. And if you think back, what you're looking at is every evening, every evening like a drumbeat at six o'clock, you saw the uh, the briefing and it was deadly serious and it was how many dead today. Then you had your newspaper doing full pages with little uh, tiny postage stamp pictures of the dead. So the fact is that shut-ins, people who spend a lot of time at home and who don't get out much, they always have a false perception of risk anyway. They think that murder, rape, pillage, everything is going on more frequently than it actually is. And we have to read that back into the pandemic and say, okay, did we accustom older people by, and that awful term, cocooning, by advising them to cocoon? Did we restrict the information getting to them so that they are now so fearful that they find the idea of going out problematic? The other thing, Pat, if the CMO is going to push this, uh, relatives are important. I would hear from older people a certain level of pandemic Nazi behaviour among their kids. A thing of, be careful now, stay home, don't be rushing out. All Kids, as in adult offspring of older people, need to be told, get a grip. You're not in control. You shouldn't try to be in control. Let your your mother or father be the Mm. humans they should be. And the irony is before all the lockdowns, when maybe more people had access to radio, the best informed people were the older people who were not at work because they were getting the science. We were doing it twice a week with Luke. And, uh, you know, if the science changed, if the information changed, well, we let people know uh, very early on. Uh, And I remember being in the car park in Kilboggan Park and a guy comes up to me and said, thank you. Thanks to you. Thanks to Luke. We have the information. We make our own decisions. He was a person who was retired. He said, we make our own decisions, but we feel we're informed about those decisions when we make them good for good or ill. As some of the text, Mary says, as a public health nurse, one of the biggest challenges for many older people and others was when things did open up again, it happened so suddenly and it was this, as if nothing had ever happened. There was no pandemic. What was this thing that we were talking about? So people were crippled with fear, a loss of confidence. Additional supports were needed, says Mary, for example, counselling and advice for families. But that was uh, absent. Another one says it's not a post-pandemic era. The WHO have advised that we are still in a pandemic. Well, the, the reality is in this country at the moment, although people are still being infected, in much fewer numbers. Uh, Mally, what would you say to uh, older people who are listening now? I mean, is it on your bike now? Get out. No, I mean, no. I wouldn't be saying it in that way, but I would be saying that there is a big relationship, particularly in older age, between physical and mental health. And in the health centre that I worked in at the time during the pandemic, you know, definitely the physiotherapist would have told me that 
I suppose if you weren't going out and doing things, then that was going to be impacting not only on your emotional health, where social interaction is crucial to our emotional health, but it's also crucial to our physical health to be out and about and to be moving. And that physio told me that, you know, the pandemic had had a massive impact on people's overall health. And I definitely saw it with people's emotional health. So I think if you look at the relationship between between the two, I'm just kind of speaking out there to older people. Is there one thing that you've been really afraid of doing or something that you really value in your life that you love and that you have been afraid up to now to try? And is there any way that you can dip your toe into that? Like, I love the idea of the men's sheds and... You know, I think it's important to go or to go to to the appointments that are given to you, so that you're you're out. You go for a little walk. You kind of, if you can, obviously, you know, with health permitting, that you know. But I don't think this should be all on older people. I think I think younger people and relatives should be, as Terry said, should be checking in and, you know, kind of you know checking in as much you know because a little a, a visit to say you know to your your parents-in-law your parents is huge for them and it's a really nice thing to do so i just think yeah i guess i i'd like there to be a compassionate approach towards this issue it certainly is an issue though all right dr mally Coyne, thank you last words terry I think that if the CMO has raised an issue and attracted such attention to it, that it should be the beginning of a campaign that effectively says to older people, be the fullness of yourself and don't always look for comfort because comfort and staying home can lead to fragility and depression. Terry Prone, who is chairman of the Communications Clinic, columnist with the Irish Examiner, and Dr. Mally Coyne, clinical psychologist. Thank you both very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.